A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Eric Schwarzman. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for the intro. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's lovely to have you on the show. I was on your show. So um, we decided that you would then come on and tell me how to get onto fe get featured on top websites, which I'm really keen to do. I think a lot of us are. But before we start, we're going to have a quick introduction of BrandSurf, which is how I introduce the guests. So if we can have that first screen, I've been taking screenshots of your BrandSurf all afternoon. And as you can see on the left, we've got New York. I actually misspelled it, and then I thought I'd leave it so I could put on a silly New York accent, and that didn't work at all. Uh, and on the right, we've got San Francisco. And as you can see, in New York, you've got your photos, but not your Twitter boxes. And in San Francisco, you've got the Twitter boxes and not the photos. And if you look at the bottom, it's a different Eric Schwarzman in each town who's competing with you. So my conclusion is the Eric Schwarzman, who is a lawyer in New York, is less strong in terms of online presence than the one in, sorry, uh, in San Francisco, excuse me, is less strong than the one in New York because he's getting rid of your Twitter boxes and Google doesn't think they're very interesting or it's trying to disambiguate with the photos. So on to the next one, which is your knowledge panel. Uh, I love knowledge panels and I got their home right in the middle of your forehead. And that home symbol means that you've nailed it in terms of Google actually knowing where the home of the entity is, which is ericschwarzman.com. And I've been working on that this afternoon for the CaliCube course and the CaliCube platform, which is how to get a knowledge panel. And the most important thing is having the correct home for your entity. And you absolutely nailed that. So congratulations. Right. Uh, onto the show, you're going to talk to us about how to get featured on top websites. So first of all, you're a digital marketing coach. Tell me a little bit about that. So um, I actually went to school to be a filmmaker. And then I, I got out of school and I, I worked in uh, movies for many years at, in special effects. And you're still sure that you weren't in this film we just found. Sorry, just I to explain to everybody. I, I was not in the film, but I did work in special effects for many years before right. taking up a position uh, as a vice president of marketing for a games company. And that was just sort of at the dawn of the internet. And that led to a position at a large entertainment PR firm doing public relations at the Grammys and the Academy Awards and the Olympics major events. And I sort of heard the calling of the internet and uh, I, um, I, I launched a, a, a SaaS company, which was one of the first companies uh, that managed online newsrooms uh, for companies that didn't want to tax their IT staff with handling it. So a, a point and click content management system for PR people. Um, right. And, and, and that was pre-social networks. And then as the social networks started to pop up, we integrated them into our service, into our platform. I sold the company after that. Oh, so you're now rich, jolly good. I'm really, really keen to talk more to you. If you're really rich, you're now my best friend in the whole universe. And since then, you've become a digital marketing coach rather than carrying on the PR industry. But the how to get featured on top websites is really to do with PR, isn't it? It's to do with relationships and getting that good press out there. Or, or am well, I jumping the gun? changed so much, Jason. I mean, I, I remember the days when... You got press by getting a dual pocket presentation folder, 
printing out press releases and biographies and publicity stills, stuffing them into the folder, closing it up. You called it a press kit and Mm -hmm. you snail mailed it to a reporter. And then you called them to follow up and try to get them to write a story. That's where it started. I'll tell you what, that sounds a lot like uh, pitching for gigs in the 90s when I was in a band. That's what I used to do. We had a press kit that we printed out, sent it snail mail, and rang out and said, can you, or do you want to have my group on in your pub or club uh, right. in, in some town in France? So we actually have a similar past. How very nice. And and what replaced uh, the that, that sheet that you sent out for the band in the music business? MySpace. Right. So exactly right. I'm good at that. Have you seen that? Became digital, and and for the for the press kit, you know, the press kit went away, and it became the website. And I can remember early on, you know, I would be breaking a big story, and I would come on, I would come in early at six a.m. and put on my war paint and get ready to start calling reporters. Mm -hmm. And I remember, gosh, it was probably around the early '90s. I'd be pitching, and I'd hear keystrokes in the background and they were googling me as i pitched oh which means and as anton very cleverly just put up there it that's your brand serp um and so kind of the you're saying a website which is yeah that's the controlled press kit but the brand serp is actually a kind of press kit isn't it no i disagree i would say (laughs) that the the um you're not allowed to disagree it's my show the brand serp is a press kit yeah, sorry, I'm, brand I'm SERP is more The brand SERP is more what people think about the press kit than the press kit itself. Oh, the I like that. The press kit itself is your website. Right. No, and, I like that a and, lot, yeah. And the knowledge graph would be, you know, the AP, the Associated Press, or the Agence Free Press wrap-up or summary of, of, of the press kit, right? Well, you're, yeah, you're doing a really good job with this uh, – analogy I, I like this you're, you're very good at that right you've got you've got truth you've got opinion and then you've got what you say about yourself Ooh, I like, i'm gonna have to write all this down crumbs that's brilliant very different very different okay so, and so anyways i remember i'd be pitching these stories and they'd be googling in the background and they if 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 what i said in the pitch that i gave them was not reflected on the website they wouldn't believe me. There was a sort of fracture in message. They would say, well, wait a minute. Why are you telling me this? And I'm on the site and there's nothing about it. And that's when I realized, wow, if I'm going to be effective in PR, I can't just do it offline. I've got to be able to control the message online as well. Right. What year was this? Gosh, I launched iPressroom. And I want to say, I'm so bad with years, around 05. And uh, we signed Xerox. We signed uh, Target Stores, right. uh, LinkedIn, big companies, Toyota. And it took off. And actually, interestingly enough, my partner, the tech guy, was a Russian guy. And so we had offshore web development just outside of Moscow. Right. And we had sales in Santa Monica. Okay, brilliant. So, in fact, like 2005 is when you started this whole thing up, and then it developed over several years, and then you sold it off. Um, and what happened through that process is I realized that PR had changed as a result of technology, mm-hmm. and that PR wasn't really traditional public relations anymore. It had become this broader 
spectrum of, of disciplines known as earned media. Right. Okay. So now that idea of earned media, I mean, so obviously you've moved from PR to earned media and the idea right. of getting onto top websites, it, I, I, I'm guessing what you're going to say is you have to earn it. Well, clearly a third party endorsement, if someone else writes something about you, that's a third party. If it's written about you in the contents of a story, editorial coverage, the impression of the reader is that it wasn't paid for, that the journalist decided that this story merited their attention and they wrote it. And so it's an implied endorsement, almost as Google treats links as recommendations, right? These are public testimonials mm -hmm. that, uh, that underscore your reputation. And, you know, there's nothing like a referral or a recommendation, um, right? Even kids know, young kids know if they want to get a date with a girl and the girl doesn't know them, it's better for the guy to approach someone who knows the girl, who can make an introduction or referral. Right? I'm so taking notes. Because you don't want to be <clears throat> you don't want to be a coming from the cold, right? You want to be warm. Right. And so and, that's and where the referral comes in. Yeah, and that, that okay. Sorry, but in that case, for a journalist, for example, the journalist is referring to you or recommending you, but then don't you need a referral to that journalist to get their attention in the first place? It depends. So I'll tell you a little story. There's a big trade show uh, every year in Vegas um, called the Consumer Electronics Show. Right. Probably heard of it. Maybe you've been there. Uh, it's, been so, it's such a big event in terms of number of people and stuff going on and money spent that literally you could walk across the, the trade show floor stark naked and nobody would notice you. Right. I mean, okay. even if they were gorgeous. No, that's how much is going on. Right, okay. So it's very difficult to get attention because you've got Sony and Samsung and Panasonic and the studios all making these huge announcements. Right. So maybe if you're a brand like that, you know, you can command some attention. But if you're not, how do you get noticed? So well, obviously not being naked. You're going to tell me, don't don't try the naked thing. I'm going to give you work. a story of how I got a small, fairly unknown story, uh, unknown company noticed at that trade show through earned media. Can I guess? Hang on. I'm going to guess. You dressed up as a pineapple. How did you know? You saw the Brilliant. picture. You saw <laughs> the picture. No. So here's what I did. Okay. So the, the company was called Ecast. Right. Oh, I've heard of them. They had taken jukeboxes from restaurants and nightclubs, right. taken out the record changer, and put in a computer, and they were warehousing a library of songs, and now instead of walking up to the jukebox and having 40 selections, you had a million. Right. Okay? <clears throat> and we wanted to try to get noticed at the Consumer Electronics Show. So the typical way you do it is you're exhibiting at the show. Mm -hmm. The exhibitor gives you a list of the pre-registered press. You take that list, you look through it, you find the people that you think are the right targets. <clears throat> you send them an email, you say, hey, come by the booth. I'd like you to meet the CEO. We have this new product. Well, you can imagine it's a feeding frenzy once that pre-registered press list comes out. Right. And often the messenger is more important than the message. Right. So rather than just take that list and send out my press release to all of them and say, hey, come on by the booth, what I did was I went to Boing Boing 
which is a website that mm-hmm. covers technology. Right. And I call, I, I sent an email to one of the reporters and who I didn't know. And I just sort of queried them with what's called a pitch letter. I didn't give them everything, but just enough to yeah. whet their appetite. They didn't know me. And I said, hey, we've got this jukebox. It's got a CD, it's got a CPU instead of a CD changer. We're taking it to um, uh, uh, the CES. It's iTunes for 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 the bar. And uh, I'll give it to you exclusively for your blog if you write about it before the show. Right. So he says, well, an exclusive. He looks at the photos. We get deeper. We talk. He takes it. He goes for it. He writes the story. Now, the story breaks two weeks prior to Mm -hmm. CES. So rather than send a press release out to all the pre-registered press, I send a link to the Boing Boing blog post to all the pre-registered press. And I say, by the way, we're having a party at MGM in one of the suites. Mm. Why don't you come on by? Well, as you can imagine, the party was full. We Mm. had tons of press there and we got everything we needed without having to go one-to-one. So really, if you think about media and media relations, news media relations, it's influencer peddling. You can go down the ladder, but you can't go up. So the idea is to figure out who the most influential media outlet is in a category, Right. try to get a placement there, and then send that placement to the other outlets in the category so that you can develop a snowball effect. Right. Okay. Lovely, lovely. Now, we have the problem today, obviously, I mean, with COVID, but even before COVID, it is you don't go out all the time. You don't necessarily meet people. Uh, in, in the current climate, how, how do you get near to these people? Because, I mean, you can't have a party. At this you don't time. have to get near to break a story. <clears throat> so, give you another example. I broke uh, a story uh, for a, a, a technology from a guy named Steve Perlman. Steve Perlman invented QuickTime. Right. Steve Perlman launched a company called Web TV that he sold to Microsoft for nearly a billion dollars. Oh, hang on. No, Web TV, because the, the, I, when I was doing the Blue Dog and the Yellow Koala cartoons, Web TV popped up at some point. I can't remember quite where. And I can't remember quite when. But they were really big at one point. They sold for, I think it was half a billion to Microsoft Web TV. Right, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm rather that, underestimating the bigness. Of other companies, and one of them was a company called Mova. And Mova was a company that allowed an actor to perform in front of a network of cameras and have their performance digitized in 3D so that that information could be used for visual effects in a yep. movie. Sure. It was used in a film called Benjamin Buttons, mm-hmm. where Brad Pitt reverse ages. Yep. Uh, so in order to change his look. And uh, Steve was a bit of a media darling because he had launched, he had invented QuickTime and had been the the uh, the driving force behind web TV. When he was getting ready to introduce this MOVA screen capture technology, he hired me. And we did something called a news media embargo. It's it's a common practice, and here's the way it works. You want the story to break in multiple outlets on the same day to create the snowball effect. If you give it to one guy exclusively, right, then his competitors are going to ignore you or her competitors because they're competing for the same story, and they're going to thumb their nose at you. Mm -hmm. So a common practice is to create 
your news media materials, send them out to reporters who agree to respect a news embargo, which means they will not publish the story until a certain date. And then you lift the embargo on that date. Every year, Edelman, the largest public relations agency in the world, uh, releases their trust barometer study, no which uh, determines the most trusted sources of information. I am uh, lucky enough to be included in that embargo. So I have that information right now, but I can't tell you what it says until tonight at 11 p.m. because right. that's when the embargo lifts. So for Steve, what we did is we did an embargo that included, well, here's what we got out of it. We got the front page of the New York Times. We got the marketplace section cover for uh, the Wall Street Journal. We got the San Jose Mercury News and the San Francisco Chronicle, right? Both competing papers. We got the Associated Press and we got the, uh, the Hollywood Reporter all on the same day. Now you can imagine when you lift an embargo and you have that level of coverage at that height of mm -hmm. influence, it's a feeding frenzy. And now if you were to search Steve Perlman Mova, you would see thousands of articles that have been written about it. And it was all engineered through one news media break. And right. had we done that news break in some little teeny paper that nobody really knew about, the chances that it would have flowed up the influence ladder are very low. But right. if you start at the top, everyone jumps on board. Yeah, okay, that, that, that's lovely. So, I mean, we get the idea of it can flow down, but it can't flow up, which is actually an incredibly useful insight that I hadn't really considered before. But so far, you've told us stories or, or examples of, uh, you know, names, big stories, big places. ECAST was not a big story. They were unknown company. Nobody knew who they were. They were a startup. ECAST, right. the jukebox company, was an unknown company with no press and no story. They were a startup. Okay. So, sorry, in, in that case, I, maybe I misphrased it. What I'm saying is, as an individual... Yeah, how do you do? I, it? I'm, I'm, I'm now. We've, we've gone for the corporation okay. thing. We've gone hey, for the big startupy thingy. Now I'm an individual. I want to get onto the top websites in my industry. What is my plan of action? Okay, so it is going to depend on a lot of different things. So let's walk through what those what that criteria is. Very good. Okay? <clears throat> the first thing is, do you want? Let's we'll, we'll role play this, and I will Ooh. be your PR advisor and we will come up with a strategy. Right. Fair? Yep, you sound like my teacher, and I like that. This is okay, good. Okay, so Jason, do you want to have your byline published on websites, high-profile sites, or do you want them to write about you? Ooh, uh, can I, but the thing is I would immediately say both. Um, but it, in fact, I suspect that people writing about me all the time would become boring. So I think I would rather create and have my byline out there so I can actually manage the, 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 the story myself. So this is a great segue because we're getting in to the, the sausage factory of news. <laughs> oh, so let's take a moment to just appreciate what makes news. Why would somebody write something about Jason? Oh, So, or anybody for that matter about me or anybody, not just you. Well, why would they write about it? Well, news is a first draft of history. Okay. It's not always right, but it's first, right? Mm -hmm. So in order to be news, it has to be new. 
There has mm -hmm. to be something new that happened that is newsworthy, right? So, so if you think about what makes news, right? Is it new? Is it mm -hmm. novel? Is it useful? Is it happening in close proximity to me? Does it affect my trade? If a dog bites a man, that's not news. Mm. But if a man bites a dog, that's news. Yeah, I mean, and, and so we're, we're really thinking about as well topical and geographical relevancy, which is what we saw earlier on with and your grandfather. New and unusual. These are all different things that make news. Okay. You know, there's actually, if you, if you want to get inspired on headlines, hop on over to the Associated Press website. They actually have a category called oddities. And those mm -hmm. are unusual stories. And you can see what type of thing they cover. Right. But ultimately, for you to get news on a top website, you have to conform to these formulas. Right, you have to figure out a, a way to present something that's novel, new, useful, happening in close proximity, affects a lot of people, unusual. And you're saying that that's for me to write for them or for them to write about me? Both, because when you send your pitch letter over, you've got to be able to make it very clear to a writer on deadline that mm -hmm. you've got a story that's that they can get their arms around and get out the door in a couple of hours. And this is why thick issues don't get a lot of coverage. You know, you wonder, oh, why don't they write about this? Why don't they write about that? Well, usually because the manpower required mm -hmm. to do an article like that is too great. And because there's so many shades of gray, those types of stories don't reach as big of an audience. Right. You think about like articles in The New Yorker, which are very well sourced and researched and 10,000 words don't get the readership. So you really have to think about the game and you have to match the message to the media. Now, there's also a question is, are news stories not getting shorter and shorter and shorter because people's attention is getting shorter because people want to fight by the marketplace for long form content, mm -hmm. it's smaller, it's longer lead, right? You don't do news content in long form you do new you do uh, feature oriented content in long form because okay. it takes longer to produce so it requires a longer shelf life to roi okay so uh, come to come back a step i mean obviously yeah. kind of saying I've, I've presented i've got this news and i present how do you actually get the people to pay attention to what it is you're presenting to them because i mean as 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 we know we get boatloads of propositions as soon as you have any kind of influence as soon as you you have this opportunity as a, an author to publish yeah you get lots of propositions how do you cut through the clutter by targeting the message to the media mm -hmm. you, you don't shotgun it if you shotgun it you get nothing back. Instead, you really have to find out who might be interested. So we look at your backstory. We look at what makes you interesting. We find a news hook. We peg that news hook to news of the day. Example, you're an expert in brand SERPs. I am. Part of brand SERPs are knowledge panels. Yeah. We're in this environment today where we're sort of in this situation where there's an epidemic of misinformation right? everywhere. 
Yeah. And no one knows who to trust or what to trust. They don't trust the government anymore. They don't trust the media. You know, trust, there's a trust deficit and right. no one knows where to turn for information. Right now we turn to Google and we uh -huh. don't, you and I know that the SERP is recommendations and the panel is fact, but most yeah. people don't. They just think, oh my gosh, this is fact here. What's coming up, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So there's no truth ranking factor in the Google algorithm. There's no truth ranking factor in Facebook. There's no truth yeah. ranking factor in Twitter, right? We need a truth ranking factor. And my client, Jason Bernard, who is an expert in brand SERPs, mm -hmm. wants to talk to you about this problem. Because if we don't get back to truth, we have an uninformed public. And if we have an uninformed public, we make decisions based on misinformation that affect the public good. Let me get you on the phone with my guy, Jason. He can talk to you about finding the truth through right. algorithms. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking out loud, but that's kind of how no, it no. works, right? Yeah, well, no, I mean, the news peg is misinformation of the day. We looked at what you do, which is your brand SERP guy. What do you have to say as an expert about what's happening today? Because they're interested in what's happening today. Their news, it has to be new and novel. Mm -hmm. And there's your pitch. Right. No, brilliant stuff. No, I, I, I like the idea. I mean, I tend to pitch at a very low level. I mean, that's very high level pitching and, and, and getting getting people interested in kind of the big story. I mean, that's a, a truly big story. The big story and then make it easy to write the story. Because the first thing I'm going to get back from that pitch is, well, what sort of, who's he work for? What right. sort of background do you have? Oh, dear. I can say, if I can say, you know what? He works for these three companies who are all clients of his. I've spoken to all of them and, uh, and I've got, uh, they can all talk to you and give you a testimonial. What did right. that say? I didn't read it. What, what did that, that no, note? It was, it was somebody saying, isn't, isn't Google um, having the hard questions about fake news? Of? I mean, fake news is a, is a phenomenally big problem. I mean, that, for me, that's, that's kind of to one side. The word fake news doesn't mean anything anymore um, because Donald Trump rather kind of hijacked the word. And yeah, I mean, I, that's not really a topic I want to get into. So if we if we stick to... Well, it is relevant to, to getting news and information. And the one point no, I would not, make sorry, about it, it's it not relevant. It's not relevant to, to, to pitching oneself to get, get in the no, news. No, it is. It is. And here's okay. why. A, a news media outlet has two sides of the house. They have the editorial house, mm -hmm. which is opinion. And then they have the news coverage house, which is journalism. Good and point. typically there's a wall between both. Like there's different staff mm. and they don't mix, right? Mm. You've got the editorial page where they're writing opinions. You've got the news page where they're writing facts. Now, if you think about it, that's kind of like the, you know, Google, right? Whereas the mm. SERP, the results would be the opinion side and the, uh, the panel would be the news side. So if you're pitching, right, you want to get featured, there's two ways to pitch. You could pitch oh. news, but you could also pitch an editorial. I could call, I'm not getting any response from the news side. I can call the, uh, the, the columnist editor or the contributions editor, the op-ed editor. Right. And I can say, hey, my guy, Jason Bernard, is an expert in brand SERPs. He is absolutely appalled by what happened. 
with the run on the Capitol and sure. the misinformation and the fact that people are screaming about, you know, Parler being deplatformed. He's got an opinion of why it matters. It's not a First Amendment issue. It's not a communications decency 230 issue. You know, it's something else. Here's what it is. Here's my guy. He's going to write this for you. And they might say, oh, that's interesting. Give me an outline. And if they like the outline, then we can move forward and we can get you an op-ed. Now, it's byline to you. That results in thought leadership. Right. Okay. Just fairness. No, I, I like the idea of um, of dividing it into into the the the, the op ed and the and the news aspects. I mean, how do how how do you approach them differently? I mean, that that idea of news you were talking about earlier on. So I mean, if that I call doesn't... a reporter, and I say, hey, talk to my guy Jason. He's really cool. He's really nice. You'll like him. He's in Paris. He knows where all the great restaurants are, and you know, he's he's sort of got this centrist. Uh, but but almost uh, left leaning opinion, which is in line with these other people on your 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 editorial board. Oh, the journalist is going to say to me, "Get out of here, man! I do news. I don't want to hear your opinions." Mm -hmm. Nothing kills a press release quicker than adjectives. Oh, I like that. Well, I like I like the idea rather than the fact. It's an opinion. They want factual information, quantitative data. Mm -hmm. you know, give me qualitative insights, but don't give me your opinion. <clears throat> this is the biggest reason we have media illiteracy in our country today, in, in the U.S. today. And yeah. I think around the world, people don't discern the difference between Fox News news reporting <clears throat> and Fox News opinion. So they tune in, they see, you know, C Tucker Carlson uh, spewing his, you know, propaganda and they think, oh, this is news. It's not. The problem with broadcast journalism is the, the distinction between uh, editorial and news is not made. So people are confused by it. And I think a lot of people, even people that I meet in the West, you know, they come to me and say, hey, look at the story. I can't believe this is happening. And I say, dude, this is an op-ed. It's an yeah. opinion piece. It's not fact. Okay. <clears throat> And if we bring it down to industry level rather than kind of this is national international news level, which uh, probably doesn't concern most of us. I mean, the idea from from my perspective is say, okay, how how as if I was a vet, let's go for dogs and cats. I'm a vet and I want to get onto a top website in the vet industry. Uh, I mean, how, how would you go about uh, differentiating between? So here's how I would, first, I would, first, I would find the 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 hook. Right, I would look Ooh. at my background and I would find the sort of what's my angle. <clears throat> and how am I going to peg that to news of the day? Right. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. So you're matching my the, the the person, your client, the vet, with the actual news and seeing how you can make that link so that you can then present it to journalists. Like I did with you, right? I tried to make your mm. knowledge of brand SERPs relevant to this 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 disinformation age that we're in. Right. Okay. Just you know had a had a uh, a flashpoint at the U.S. Capitol. Yeah. Insurrection. No, no. I'm going to be so, in, in fact. What what I'm now realizing is what you're doing is is actually that leap of imagination between the two, which is really interesting. Um, so you would find where my my story fits into the news as a vet. Right. So what I would do for the vet is first I would I would find your story, then I would find the uh, news item of the day that I'm going to attach it to, and that's yep. called a peg in the news business. Okay, cool. thank you. I like that. I didn't make it up. I'd peg it to a some a hot topic. That makes sense. And then once I did that, I probably would pull 
you know, I do some searches online and I do news searches, right. not everything searches. And I try to find articles that are around that. And I might do uh, some density analysis to see what keywords are cropping up most, most mm -hmm. commonly. And then I might take that keyword and hop over to a tool like SEMrush, put it into SEMrush and see what the related terms are. Right. Okay. And I try to basically get myself a, a cocktail of specific keywords uh, that are going to help me find news coverage around that area. Okay. Once I had those keywords, I'd go back to news search on Google and I'd put them in mm -hmm. and I'd see what outlets are covering them. And I'd look I for see. news media outlets that had, didn't cover it once, mm -hmm. but news media outlets that cover that sort of thing on a recurring basis. The outlets rather than the journalists then? I'd start with the outlets. Right. <clears throat> but I would definitely note whether or not the same journalists are covering yeah. this this aspect of the topic <clears throat> over time. And I would create a media list. And then I would profile the media. When you go, you see <clears throat> media is playing the same game we're playing in SEO. Yeah. They want their stuff to come up first too. So what they've done is they've actually started to organize their coverage along search topics. And yeah. so you can go to any of these outlets and you can see what their menu categories are. And often they'll even have uh, a content pavilion devoted to a certain topic that's sponsored mm. by someone. And you can start to get the feel for who covers what. IDG, yeah. for example, IDG owns CIO, um, several other online uh, uh, news outlets. They mm. don't cover digital transformation anywhere but in CIO. That's where it's covered. If okay. you take a CIO, if you take a digital transformation story to one of their other other outlets, they're not going to cover it. Yeah. So you, you're looking. You're looking. Sorry, not you're, you're looking at both uh, uh, journalist or three levels: journalist uh, outlet and the group level to say actually I can't pitch to the. I, I need to pitch according to the group. I totally. Yeah. And okay. If you do that intel and you figure out, hey, wait a minute, you know my vet. Uh, is likes a certain procedure to mm -hmm. treat a certain condition that's popular with dogs. Mm -hmm. And it's a procedure that's backed by this pharmaceutical company. And this pharmaceutical company gets a lot of coverage in these outlets. Perfect. Because Brilliant. trade media is trade is media is not really investigative media. It's about doing no harm and promoting the trade. So if you can tie in uh, with a story that uh, a trade media outlet's advertiser likes, mm. that's gonna that's gonna make it easier. Okay, and uh, I mean, I, I was talking to you. You're talking about uh, now newspapers or, or media outlets are, are looking to the same things we are, which is to rank and to turn up in Google. Totally. Louisa Fram from LA Times and Simon Hasseltine, who were talking a lot about this and saying, uh, I mean, Simon in particular says, I have to go in and I have to train journalists to write titles that are less ambiguous and more Google friendly. Yeah. Um, do you find that journalists are uh, happy if you get involved in that process or do they think you're stepping on their toes? It's a very good question. <clears throat> so I think I was slightly worried with the pause that it was a really bad question. 
Journalists who are successful today realize that they're writing for three audiences. Ooh, three. That's one okay. more than me. Jolly good. Yeah, they're writing for their editor. Brilliant. They're writing for their reader, mm -hmm. and they're writing for Google. Okay. If you look at the at the outlets that are doing a good job, and I would I would use the New York Times as the gold standard here, you see that they actually move different headlines in print than they move online. Right. Right. So so because serendipity does matter and uh, teasing someone's piquing someone's curiosity with a, a question <clears throat> or uh, uh, with urgency or with suspense um, when they're perusing through their app on their iPad matters. But if you're making if you want to unleash the archival value of news, yeah. you have to be direct which means you have to write a boring headline for Google. Mm. So, so if we think about how we merchandise news through different channels, you know, the suspenseful headline, the, um, the urgent headline works great on social media. It works great in an app. It doesn't work for Google. No. Uh, can I, I have a story on this one. Oh, you have it. Oh, you're asking permission to tell a yeah, story. Yeah. How lovely. So every year, I'm not a sports fan. But right. every year on Super Bowl Sunday, it's the one game I watch, and I usually make, which is sort of a, a custom in the States, I make chili. Oh. So it, it's a dish, right? So I make chili, and I'm a lousy cook, so it always comes out terrible. And I always spend out spend most of the game trying to convince my wife to eat it. Right. And she don't, right? So I'm the only one who eats it, and I say no, how I mean, After several years being married to you making bad chili uh, during the, the cup final day, she's going to learn her lesson and stop eating it. So one year, I said to her, honey, what if I made the chili that they used to serve at 72 Market Street Cafe in Venice Beach? Now, that was a, a restaurant that's no longer with us, but it was owned by, um, who's the guy who played Dudley? Dudley Moore. It was owned by Dudley Moore. And, Who's the guy uh, who played Dudley? Dudley Moore. And they had a dish in there Sorry. called Kick-Ass Chili. And it was it was great. And I said, honey, what if I can make the Kick-Ass? Will you eat it? And she said, yeah, go on over to the LA Times website. I know they published the article. Right. right. So, I, so I go over to the... Now, I may be a lousy cook, but I'm hell on wheels with the search engine. Okay. And I couldn't find the goddamn recipe. I'm searching every keyword I could possibly find. I can't find it. So I hop over to LexisNexis, okay? And I do a little bole and filtering over there, and I find the story. And it's under the headline, Almost Angus. Right. Can't find it. It's invisible to a search engine. Sure, yeah. No, so I decide I'll do an experiment. I will blog the recipe. I'll write about my experience. I'll SEO it for kick-ass chili, and I'll help the next poor sap who comes down this road. Right. This is 10 years ago, Jason. If you search kick-ass chili today, I am still number one or number two for that keyword, right? And it just goes to show you, right? It's It doesn't matter if you have a bunch of great content that people can't find. Right. You gotta stop focusing on having a great story and focus more on how people are going to find your story. Right. I did make the chili. It did come out. I thought it came out great. Your wife did said it was too spicy. Uh -huh. But uh, but that's the story of kick-ass chili and sort of I mean, could you imagine the LA Times 
the LA Times, the once great newspaper, right? And here my little blog outranks them. Right. Oh, Louisa, Louisa Fram, who I met, who is actually, who works at the LA Times, is probably listening to this, and she will now go and optimize that, and she'll kick they're, out they're, they're, They do come up now, but for years they didn't, and I was the only one who came up, and I even linked back to them, you know? <clears throat> but um, I remember at the time I had spoken to Rob Barrett, who's handling uh, Interactive for them, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a sad story. The LA Times really um, is a sad story. You know, I had been a subscriber for years, uh, but, you know, they, they really don't have the news reporting staff that they used to. And, uh, you know, they've been through chapter I mean, 11. I think, I think kind of having the news reporting staff that we used to is becoming a problem because the the media are losing income and losing their How business. You get it right. Look at Axios. You know, Axios, center of the aisle, getting it right. They just purchased a local outlet out of North Carolina, which was a newsletter uh, that they purchased for, you know, I think it was 50 million or something like that. So you can get it right. But uh, it's very tough, I think, to, you know, to turn a, to turn a big ship quickly. Well, sorry. I mean, I think to be to be fair to all these media outlets, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're old school. They're coming from a different world. And it is very difficult to adapt to, to, to what we're currently living through. New York sure, Times I'm adapting. Adapting. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to be You're trying nice to be and nice generous. And, not... and I'm trying to be sensational. Because <laughs> I know what Which makes news. Which is why news. you're probably going to get in the news, and I'm I not. I know what makes news. Brilliant. Thank you. That's a brilliant ending, because you're in the news, and I'm not, and that's the reason. Thank you very much. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Eric. My pleasure.